Hey guys, hey ladies, hey friends, hey foes. We just wanted to take a second to remind you that while we're okay swearing when little ears are listening, you might not be, and that's okay. So here's your chance to pause us and wait for nap time, or pop in your earbuds. We hope you enjoy the episode. One of the topics that Jenna and I were surprised by how few people speak about this is birth control and what they're taking. And even when we were in pre-recording, Jenna and I started talking about birth control and I was shocked to hear one of her (laughs) answers. And I just stop her and be like, no, don't tell me anymore. I need to hear it on the podcast. Basically, I'm abstinent from now on. So... (laughs) I'm asexual. Taking a vow. Taking a vow of leave me alone because I have two little kids. And I've been in this house for a fucking year. I was thinking about the movie Groundhog's Day the other day. And I was like, remember when you watch Groundhog's Day and you're like, ha ha ha, that could never happen. And then today I was like, we're doing the same shit for Mm the 299th day in a row or whatever. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure I wore this outfit the last five days. (laughs) Okay. So um, birth control is a big topic that moms don't talk about. But we've all obviously, you guys, we've all had sex because we all have kids. What? Oh. I mean, that's not what my Bible school taught me. But like, I've done some Googling and apparently you do require it. So My son told me yesterday, actually, because <laughs> he was talking about babies. And for those of you that don't know, my daughter and my son have very different coloring features, all that. Mm -hmm. And my son informed me that the way they got that way is because I thought it in my brain and then grew them in my belly to look like that. And so if I wanted a blue eyed baby, I should have thought harder about blue eyes. I was like, okay. I mean, I'm not a scientist, but it holds, it holds up. Yeah. It holds water in my court. Right. Pretty, People listening pretty to this podcast will learn that I just kind of roll with the facts as they fit, and that one fits for me. <laughs> that fits really well. I have two blue-eyed, white-haired, translucent babies, <laughs> and I have black hair, naturally black hair, and I come from black-haired family, and I my children, I can see their veins through their skin and I can tan and hold a tan like nobody's business. So I should have thought harder about not having translucent children. Yep. Which gets us to how babies are made. It takes two. So thank you, I husband, hope, for these translucent babies. I hope that you will explain to us the birds and the bees now because I'm so very <laughs> curious. Because Why birds and bees anyways? Agreed. Never been, also, been sure about that. Okay, did you go to regular public school? Once I got into seventh grade. Before that, I was in a Lutheran private school, strictest of the strict, probably. Oh, my God. Okay, so you and I switched. So I was in public school until 10th grade and then was in private school from 10th to 12th. Okay. Did your parents have a formal sex conversation with you? No, we got the the privilege of, in the second grade, (laughs) reading from the sex ed book, Popcorn Style, in class. And had to say penis, vagina, ovaries. In second grade. Sex. Oh yes. Oh Jenna. Yes. It was I'm uncomfortable. I'm sweating through my shirt now. That makes yeah. me so uncomfortable. Okay, and this so- is the school that I got in trouble at because I have naturally colored lips and they I got tattled on that I was wearing lipstick, which is a form of sin. You don't wear lipstick to school. Um, and oh I got God. sent to the principal's office and had to wash my lips to prove that I didn't have it on. But yet I was expected to say vagina and penis in front that of That would class. be like child abuse today. Right? Yeah. That is so alarming. Weird that everyone has body issues. I can't imagine where that would come What? From. Right? Washing your face off in front of the principal is about as mm-hmm. degrading like I'm my naturally my, rosy lips. <laughs> I'm pulling my nun's habit up right now thinking right? about it. Okay. Yeah. So I never, did your parents talk to you though? Nothing. Mm-mm. Nothing. Okay. We had the period talk once that happened. Nope. And nothing. Not even that. My mom told my grandma and I remember I was so embarrassed because it was never talked about. And so then when my mom tells my grandma, I'm completely embarrassed. So. Oh my God. I'd be mortified. Yes. Now I want to have like a, a fucking party when my daughter has her period. Like, oh my God. It's full party. I'm coming. I'm yeah. flying in for Peyton's period party. Right. Just it's so going to be, be awesome. Clear. 
I yeah. can't wait. Red fruit punch, all the, all the stuff. <laughs> you would. You totally oh, I will. will. I will. Um, okay. So my parents were divorced when I got my period and I was living with my dad and my mom had to call me because I had to go to a swimming party and mm. my mom had to call me and try to explain to me how to put a tampon in. For your first well, period? I don't, it was like, I think it was like my second or third. Oh. And I think for my first two, I just like shoved toilet paper in because it's not like I was yeah. going to be like, hey, but my dad ended up being like so cool about it. Of course. And that's how my husband is now too. Like, I'll go buy you whatever you want. I don't care. Yeah. Like he doesn't care. But I don't think I told him for a couple because like, mm-hmm. say, like my single dad. And then I called my mom. I was like, I'm going to this swimming party Aww. and I need you. And it was awful. And she couldn't talk me through it. And it was like so shameful. But that is the, like, my parents never talk to us about sex. Mm -mm. Even saying sex is weird for me sometimes. And then I went to private school for high school. So I had like whatever that fifth grade sex education was and then nothing. And then, hi, I'm having sex now with zero knowledge of what to do or how to deal with it. Yep. Just talking to your friends who have the same experience as you. And mm -hmm. And they are just like... I've heard this pull-out method is fantastic. And I'm like, why do you all keep getting pregnant then? I don't understand. Yep. Sitting on a boy's lap in the hot tub can get you knocked up, but the backseat of a convertible, you're fine. You're super fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh God. Remember when you thought hot tubs were going to, hot tubs were going to get you pregnant all the time. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Oh, I forgot all oh, about yeah. that. Okay. So what birth control have you taken throughout your productive life? <laughs> Here is the list. Condoms, the pill. Two forms, NuvaRing, the morning after pill, aka emergency contraception pill, had to look that one up. And that's it. I didn't know, I didn't even think about the fact that I've probably taken two or three different kinds of birth control pills, but it's been so long. I haven't been on the pill since, I don't know, I was probably 20, which was like two years ago because I'm 22 now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you and I, am, I correct me if I'm wrong. Let's start with this. You and I had very different. Oh, wait, I'm going to read my list first. Yeah. And then I want to hear because I feel like I remember us talking about you and I had very different experiences with the Nuva ring. The death ring. Yes. Okay. So I <laughs> call it the, the, the halo. So obviously very different experiences. I have used condoms, Nuva ring, IUD. My husband has a vasectomy and I also have used the morning after pill a couple of times, but had I realized, I didn't even know for a fact until I was researching this episode that my mom told me never take the morning after pill. It's the abortion pill. And so I always was, I think I told you this pre-podcast. Yeah. I was so like shame filled Mm -hmm. that I had had all these, all these like three abortions. And then I looked it up for the podcast and I was like, okay, the abortion pill is called RU486. The morning after pill or plan B are separate. Wait, so you just learned this? I learned this two nights ago. Oh my gosh. I I vaguely had an idea that it wasn't an abortion pill, but I confirmed it two nights ago. Oh, bless your heart. That is like so heavy. Oh, I know. And now as an adult, like, and we're not going to get into like political feelings on here. Now as an adult, like my views on abortion are very different, but as like a Catholic shame-filled child, and I ended up taking the morning after pill in one of my very first encounters. So I was a child under the impression that I had fucked everything up so badly Mm -hmm. that I had taken an abortion pill and had no frame of reference for abortion or anything. Everyone I knew at that time that got pregnant, I had friends that got pregnant at 14 and they all had the babies. I had no frame of reference of anything in the real world. So you assumed you were pregnant. I assumed that because the condom broke, I was pregnant and I took a pill that like aborted a baby. Oh my gosh. That's so heavy. While being a baby because no one ever explained anything to me. No. Even the pharmacist. No. Yeah. And everybody just walked by and was like, morning after pill is an abortion pill. If I called my mom on speakerphone right now and said, mom, is the morning after pill an abortion? She would say, yes, I hope you've never taken it. Is, in your opinion, the morning after pill an abortion? Yes. (laughs) 100%.
like Oops. don't listen to episode number three, mom. Don't ever figure <laughs> out how podcasts work. Thank you. Good day. Um, okay. So I've taken all of those and I should also state that I didn't know how to get condoms in high school and went to a private Catholic high school and had to go to a underground like clinic to get them because there wasn't like open, readily available Planned Parenthood then where I lived at least. And we would go to this like basement of a like place where they held AA, I think. Or it was like, I was a basement of something. And one of my high school teachers actually secretly worked there. So I walked in, I'm there to get condoms and... My one of my high school teachers is there that works at this private Catholic high school and is just like an angel and never says anything and is just so cool about everything. And that was the first time that I felt like these teachers are teaching us this one thing, but they also believe that like we have choices. And that was like a very big moment for me. Where I lived, you couldn't just walk into a store and buy condoms because like they weren't at the Seven Eleven just hanging out there. Like what? Even if they were, I lived in such a small town. I Mm. knew the kid that worked at the gas station. There was one gas station. I knew that kid. I knew every kid. When I started getting older boyfriends, they started like being able to just go buy condoms in another city. Like yeah. you could just drive your car to a bigger city. But before that, like I had no access to them. And I just feel for that small girl, I wish I could just be like, mm-hmm. come here. It's okay. Right. This is how it works. And we yeah. will walk you through it. And you don't have to feel like this. And that's why yeah. I think it's important that moms start talking about it so yep. that they can start talking to their kids about it. And everyone starts having a more open dialogue so our kids can accidentally overhear us talking mm-hmm. about it and ask us some fucking questions. Yeah. Because I mean, your first encounter is this is shameful. I have to go to a basement to and it has yes. to be a secret. And that's yes. got to stick with you. It that was. shame it feeling. Really, that's a good point. Yeah, that's true. I never really thought about it like that. But it was, it was a very like we would, me and two or three of my girlfriends would like sneak down there once a month and like mm-hmm. stack up on condoms for whatever, like we all had boyfriends, but like, yeah, they weren't getting them. And right. so we had to try to like protect ourselves. And oh my gosh. Yeah. It was cr- crazy. Okay. Tell me how much you loved the new parade. Exactly. <laughs> Silence on purpose. Okay. I called I it the death ring. Why was so it so bad? I did not have insurance at one point in my life. I don't remember when. Um, I think I was in college. And so I went to this gynecologist. She had okay reviews. She was awful. She basically shamed me for having sex. I'm in college. In fucking college? Yes. And oh my God. she made me get... I had HPV. She made me get a, I cannot remember what it's called. Coloscopy. Is that what it's called? Like the colposcopy. Yes. And when I went in for it the second time, like she, you know, she scheduled it for another time. She was like going over partners and how often. And she was like, oh, it's not as bad as I thought. And I was like, so you're just doing this because I've had partners. And she was like, basically anyone with HPV that has, has partners. And I was like, okay, okay. that's not. And I had like a long term boyfriend. So anyway, she was the one that gave it to me. She told me to put one in after the other and to avoid periods. So I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Like this sounds perfect. I'm period free. Right. And I had already tried the pill at this point and I was awful at taking that. So I'm like, cool. All I have to do is take it out, put a new one in. One day I have to be responsible out of a month. I can do that. So I started after like three months just getting yeast infection after yeast infection. I, I've never had one, so I don't know if they're naturally like already painful. It was so painful. I couldn't sleep. I was taking like just popping Tylenol, couldn't work out. I was so uncomfortable. So I go to my mom's gynecologist because I told my mom and they're like, I don't know what's going on and all this stuff. Put me on antibiotics. It clears it up. I'm like, you know, I'm on this new birth control. They're like, no, 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 no. It's not that. So two months later, I'm back in the office and this happened every other month. I was back in the office on antibiotics and they're like, no, it's not the NuvaRing. It's not the NuvaRing. I've never heard of this. So then I'm like late night Googling crying because it hurts so bad. Oh, man. So I just rip the Nuva ring out, go and take a shower. And I swear I have been fine ever since I've never had another infection. And my body just hated it. 
I had, it took me a while to get completely healed, probably a good like three weeks. And I've never had a yeast infection, never had an issue since. My body just did not like it. I think it was just my body was like, what is this in me all the time? Trying to reject it. I'm very sensitive to hormones. So I think putting it one in after the Mm -hmm. other, my body was just like, give me a break. Well, and I also think like, if you think about it, it is just like a weird plastic object that you just leave in all month. Yeah. And like not to get TMI. I, when I took the new ring, it was never suggested to me to do it back to back to back. It was always like pop that sucker, leave it out for a week, put the next one in. But when you take them out, there is a substance attached to them. Oh, so I like, that. yeah, it's just like what you would assume with like regular sex. But like, yeah. it's on there. And so either your body is like thinking that neuvering is a part of it, or it's trying to flush it out. So like, yeah. it's changing your balance in Completely. your uterus or wherever it goes. It doesn't go in your uterus because it just goes like right up to your cervix, right? So it's in your vagina. It's changing so. the biology in there because when, every time you take one out and throw it away, if you look at it, yeah. sorry, everyone, if you look at your neuvering, it's got stuff on it. Yeah. And it's exactly. like clear and clean. So, but obviously your body is either trying to absorb it or flush it out. And once so, again, I went to the doctor and I went to a very good gynecologist when I started getting infections because my mom was like, eh, I'll pay for it. I'll help you pay for it. Stop going to this person that you had this awful experience with. And they just kept telling me it wasn't that. And I just kept saying, it has to be, there's nothing else different. Yeah. And they just kept saying, no, no, no. And in Googling it, I found that there were so many cases similar to mine and some people never recovered and had yeast infections nonstop. So of course I'm panicking. I can see it changing your like whole biology yes. if your body has such an adverse reaction to it. Yeah. And so I was so relieved to find that, but of course it's like late night Googling in my bed. Well, and that's um, another like yeah. thing that pisses me off is like, so I listened to a podcast um, with Whitney Cummings. I'm a comedy podcast, like fanatic. But she was talking about how she was having UTIs and her friends were telling her what medication to tell her doctor to give her to like, there's like a miracle drug that gets rid of UTIs. I should have written down the name, but you know, right. Jenna, you can put it in and we'll put it in the <laughs> I'll show put it notes. In the notes. <laughs> put it in the notes. Um, and so her friend, her friend texted her and was like, tell your doctor to give you this. It'll be gone in a day. And the doctor had never heard of it. Does some men doctors just not give a fuck right. that we have these issues that they don't have to deal with? Like men can get UTIs, yes. but like, yes. it's not as prevalent. And I think that's the same thing for your doctor. Like mm-hmm. stop telling. And we went through this in the nineties and two early two thousands and yep. today still, I have a fabulous gynecologist, but before this, I had gynecologists mm-hmm. my whole life telling me like, when you said that your gynecologist said it's not that bad, the number of partners you had had, mm-hmm. you can't fucking say that to people right? in 2021. Like it's yeah. not that bad. If I want to have 224 partners, exactly, you're going to treat my HPV and yeah. give me the best medication because right. that's what we do. Yes. So then I'm in how- tears. That's how, I mean, it, it did open the conversation with my mom about it because I'm so yeah. scared and I don't know what else to do. So I went to her about it. And God bless her. She was so sweet about it. So supportive. Turns out, fun fact about HPV, she developed HPV later in life. And it turns out it can be dormant for many years. Yeah. So shortly after I had it, like two years later, she ended up having it. So And it comes and goes. Mm-hmm. Like with children, which Mine's I gone, when, yeah, baby, thank you. Yep. When I got diagnosed with HPV, I was like, Josh and I, I think we're dating at the no, because I wouldn't have known about it until I was pregnant. I don't know, but I was like, I have HPV. Did you give me HPV? Who'd you sleep with that had HPV? And he was like, nobody. And I was never told it could possibly clear. Yeah. And so then I have a second baby and I've got nothing. And I was like, okay, well, thank you for just projecting onto me that I had something to be ashamed of. That's not even a thing. Yes. Yes. And I have a lot, I have friends that have different STIs that are like very open about it. I have a friend from Mm -hmm. college that has herpes. And she is super open about it, super clear with her partners, never hides. I think there's ways if we start talking about this, there shouldn't be people feeling ashamed of having herpes because what is it like one in four people have it? Let's stop whispering about it and start talking about it so that people can be open about it. And so that our kids can say to their partner, listen, I have herpes, but I'm not in a flare right now. So we're safe Mm -hmm. if we use protection or I am in a flare right now. So we should probably 
probably avoid doing this, this, and this, but we can still do this, this, and this. Like that's what I want for my kid. Exactly. And even HPV, human papilloma. I'm going to let you say all the words wrong. I think- Papilloma. Papilloma. Um, Is that the LaCroix flavor we like? No. Thirsty now. Um, (laughs) It's at least it was. And now with mom culture, I have always been the first to say I have it to my mom friends. And 99% of the time they say me too. Um, It's, it was very shameful. I think because I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to be like an overreactive, but I think it sounds so close to HIV that people automatically assume because I've had people be like, Oh my gosh. And freak out about it. Like when I first got diagnosed and then it's like, like even like my grandma. And I was like, no, like grandma, you don't understand. Like majority of men carry this majority of women have it. And even people who have had one sexual partner, if there was somebody who like their husband or their boyfriend has had more than one, then chances are that they have it too. And it's so common. It's so common. So don't ever be embarrassed. We don't talk about it. No. And you go to the doctor and they're like, and it can cause cancer and you need to check it. And And it's, it's scary. Like I, when I first got diagnosed, they made me go every three months and have it checked like Mm -hmm. three months. That was so scary. And my mom back My mom had, at the time she'd only had breast cancer and then later she developed ovarian cancer and I still had HPV when she had ovarian cancer. I wasn't recently diagnosed, but I was so scared. I got another, whatever that thing is called. You told me colposcopy. Colposcopy. Because I was so scared and I made them, which they were willing to take tissue samples because I was so scared and it was painful. I cramped the whole day and it was scary. And I just went home and I was dating or engaged to Brandon at the time. And I just cried and I was like, I'm just waiting for the call. And of course, everything was fine. And then what? four years later, I have a baby and then it's completely clear. And I've been fine. Which I didn't even know was a thing. I said that, I said that to my sister who's younger than me. I was like, Amy, I don't have HPV anymore. And she was like, yeah, it goes away when you have kids. And I was like, okay, but you don't have kids. So how do you know this? And she was like, everyone knows. And I was like, no, you like hip young kids on Reddit. No, I don't fucking know. I'm an old lady with two kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I've also, I don't know about, right. I don't know about you, but I've also had friends who have had HPV and it wasn't, it's, I feel like it's a newer thing. It hasn't been around super, super long. One of my friends got diagnosed, I want to say in high school and she had to have actually two of my friends had to have part of their cervix burned out. I believe it's cervix. I'm really bad at technical terms. No, you're right. No, you're, I'm quoting you. And so they were told they couldn't carry babies. Both of them have multiple children. And now they even say like when they go to doctors now, they're like, I don't really think you were at the stage where that was necessary. I was just going to say, I guarantee Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guarantee that at one point the doctor was like, "Well, we should cut it out." Like it was like mine, any case, let's burn mm-hmm. it out. And I was having babies at a time when they were a little bit panicked. At least Zach and the doctor kept being like, "I'd really like to do a colposcopy, but you're pregnant, and I need you to know that that involves risk to your cervix dilating." But oh I think gosh. we should do it. And I was like, "We're not doing it." Yeah, and what she will it kept, change? Every appointment, every month, she was like, "Do you want to do the colposcopy?" And I was like, I'm going to have the baby and then you can do whatever you want to my cervix because if I have cervical cancer, Mm -hmm. you can find out after I have my baby and it'll still be the same thing. Like it was just, you're not going to abort your baby and yeah, there was a very, there was a very, yeah, exactly. I'm not, there was a very aggressive HPV time, which I think Mm -hmm. is what you're talking about with your friends where the doctors were just like. Ah, mm-hmm. cut it out. And yes. now they're like, hey, how about you just have a baby and flush it on out? Yeah. <laughs> and I have to say, I have stopped going to gynecologist. I go to a midwife, personal preference, and it is a whole other game. They make mm-hmm. you feel, not all of them. Like I've seen my it. fair share. Yes. And they make you feel <sighs> like when I first went to them, I was like, I was very pregnant, not very pregnant. I think I was like 25 weeks. So more than halfway with Ezra. That's pretty pregnant. Yeah. And I'm like, I was huge. Yeah. To be, well, and to be switching doctors that far into pregnancy, it's like, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I have HPV. What do I need to know about birth? And they were like, everything's exactly the same. And they're just so reassuring. And, and they call me with my results. Like it's not just posted online. And the first time that I cleared HPV, I'm like, are you sure? Do you need to run that again? And they were like, wait, sat on the phone with me after hours and just talked me through it. And they're like, this is, it clears your body. It gives you new cells. You know, it's just such a different Experience. You were like, are you sure you don't want me to come in and you could just remove my cervix? Did just you like just do a quick. hippie pap or was it a regular <laughs> pap? <laughs> were there chemicals or was this just like a very organic situation? Right. I need to know. 
And we're not here to hippie shame because Jenna and I are two of the biggest hippies you'll ever yep. meet. So you'll learn yep. that as time goes on. Um, okay. So I had a lovely experience with the Nuber ring. Sorry. <laughs> it was no, literally great. just fine and lovely and everything was great. Um, I had a horrendous experience with the IUD. And it was so gross. Because that's one that I've considered. What did you have? Did you have the copper IUD or just like, where was it? Just the regular IUD. So I think the copper one is the one that like goes in your arm, I want to say. I don't know. I had the one that clamps into your uterus. Okay. Um, And so it clamps into the side of your uterus. And then it has two like strings that come down that are like not quite fishing line and not quite like metal. And I was asking Josh the other day because I couldn't remember what the duration I had it in for was, but he, this was when we were like, I don't know why he would have been coming to the appointments with me because maybe I got it between Zach and Mikey. That would make sense mm-hmm. because before Zach, we weren't married. Um, <laughs> obviously. So I was a virgin. And of course. <laughs> Never saw those underground tunnels. Never. Um, nope. Yeah. So he, but anyways, I got it put in. It was terrible. They like physically metal prong attach it into your uterus, which causes uterine contractions. And you're and then fully. Oh. Holy <laughs> uterine contractions. And then you like spot throughout the day and have horrible like period like cramps. And then it's supposed to just be like, you're good and good to go. Okay. Along. Is that the five year, three year? I think I did a five year. Okay. I might have done the three year. I don't remember because that's like chronologically it was, but I feel like I did a five year. And then I had it in for two or three weeks, him and I figure, and I could always feel the string. And so apparently this happens with some people. So the strings, if they're long, too long, actually stick out of your, what would the hole at the end of your vagina be called? I think that is your your vaginal opening. Okay. There you go. If the strings are too long, they stick out of the opening. And so I always had two like almost metal strings sticking out of my vaginal opening. And apparently they say men can't feel it during intercourse. And I asked Josh and he was always like, no, I can't feel it. And I was like, how can you not feel like two metal prongs hanging out of me basically yeah they weren't hanging out but they were flush with the opening okay and you know kind of how your diva cup sometimes when it glides low it's flush and you can feel it like through your underpants yeah we can have a whole episode on diva cups one time right love (laughs) um but so it drove me nuts and it was always I was had cramping for the whole three weeks oh my gosh and so I had I went to the doctor and I was like I want this out Mm -hmm. and of course being a not great gynecologist they were like well we'll just trim the strings. And I was like, no, I want it out. Yeah. And they were like, we're going to just trim the strings. And I was like, they walked out of the room to go get the tool to trim the strings. And I was like, Josh, I want it out. Why aren't they listening? And he was like, I don't know. And they came back in and he was like, she wants it out. She wants you to remove it, not trim the strings, take it out. And then they did. And I was like, is this the world we live in where my husband right? has to tell you to take the thing out of my body before you will listen to me. Exactly. And like, we're just how do they it. take we're it out? Rip it out. Oh, like if you've ever, and so this is going to probably date me, but I, Josh and I used to love don't be tardy with Kim Zosliak. And she used to take out her own IUDs. Or have her husband take out her IUDs. You just grab onto the strings and yank. So how do they not accidentally fall out? I think they can. And I think you're supposed to like check for them. I didn't invest enough of my relationship in it (laughs) to find out. Yeah. But they yank it and it is excruciating. It's not excruciating. Now that I've had babies, it's not excruciating, but it is upper level pain tolerance, dental work, like yes. level pain. And I'm sorry, and but anything down there, I'm just like, oh, leave it. Oh, like, no. And it's like if you've had a colposcopy, it's kind yes. of that similar feeling, but just yes. imagine it as like a big yank instead of like a oh. gentle swoosh. Okay. And so you yeah. still get that like, like that wind yeah. knocked out of you feeling. Little nauseous after. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Okay. So I had a terrible IUD. My husband now has a vasectomy, which for everyone wondering, men make it a big deal. It is not a big deal. My husband had to be, so there's different levels. My husband had to be fully put under because he had, I don't know, some reason. My husband is heavy. So that could have been it. Otherwise, I think he had to be put under because he had like thick membranes or something gross. Okay. I am biting my tongue I am trying to not make jokes on this one (laughs) make your joke he does my husband has enormous balls if that's what you're wondering I know you've been curious I mean now you know yeah 
<laughs> they were enormous, but that's besides the point. It was something like there was too much fatty tissue and they didn't okay. want to. But like, if you go, if your husband goes in for an awake vasectomy, they see the tools on the t- Like, this is the Ooh. one time us women get to stick it to the man, literally. Right. Because he has to look at those tools on that little tray and know oh that that's going to be used on him. But so you can get local anesthetic or general anesthetic and he had to be put under general anesthetic. And then he sat on the couch for a couple of days on an ice pack and that was the end of it. And then he had to have it tested, right? Did he have it tested? Um, Technically you're supposed to, but he hasn't. So funny thing. Most of my friends whose husbands have had a vasectomy have not had it tested and probably have more babies, right? I know quite a few of my (laughs) friends have more babies or had like, I know someone that had triplets after (gasps) her husband had a vasectomy and didn't get it tested. And I say, but I see, I would take another baby if I had to be mad if that was like our plan, you know? Yes. Yes. And I've said to him, I've said, if I get pregnant and you never got tested, like, I don't want to hear a chirp about it because this was your choice, not me. So if I get another baby, that's, that's on him. (laughs) Awesome. I'll be there for cuddles. All right. But let's talk about what we talked about before the podcast, which is what are you currently using as contraceptive? Well, no, we use condoms. And I feel like when I would say that to regular doctors, I would get a, oh. And when I say that to the midwife, like, great. How's that working for you? Your midwife said, how is that working for you? Which is mind boggling to think that a doctor, I mean, my mm-hmm. current OB would ask me that because he's a sweet baby angel. But yeah. to hear like, that's not common. I said, great. And they said, perfect. Do you have any that- other questions? Like, do you want to explore anything else? And I said, no. And they said, okay. <laughs> okay. So this is the um, pro mid- midwife episode, yes. I feel like. Because now I want to Well, and you have to find the right midwife. Like the True. one I have, I love. And ironically, the one I have has not delivered my babies because she's never on call when my babies decide to come. But she made an appearance for both because she's just an angel. Oh um, you'll hear a lot about her on my mental health journey. I'm excited because I don't know yes. any... I know nothing of midwifery. I've never had one. I've never had a doula. Like my labor was clinical, hospital, epidural, husband didn't even cut the umbilical cord. And you've had quite the opposite experience, which I am super excited to hear about on a podcast. Yeah. And and they've been great. And so I just am very sensitive to hormones, which I've mentioned. My mom has a history of breast cancer and ovarian cancer. So then things do get dicey because some prevent breast cancer. Some raise your risks for this. And it's true. And so they've, my midwives are the first to really address that. And they were like, we don't want to do, we don't want to mess with your hormones. We don't, um, no side effects. And I am not the most responsible person. My kids are lucky if I remember to feed them. Thank God for my husband because he feeds them. So I cannot remember to take your husband feeds me too. So (laughs) he does, he does. Right. (laughs) And, and me, um, (laughs) there's times where he's like, have you eaten today? And I'm like, uh, no. And I haven't drank water. And he just brings me a... I know. You always message me and are having like a delicious Brandon-made lunch. And I'm like, I'm eating peanut butter and jelly. Oh, I have my dinner to send to you tonight. My dinner was really good. I have a picture for you. <laughs> um, and so it just works for us. There's there's no side effects for me. I know some people don't like the feeling. It doesn't bother either of us. And we don't have to remember to take anything. So that's where we're at. Does Okay, now I have questions for you. Flipping the Go switch because you're usually the question asker. Yeah. I love the feeling of a ribbed condom, but I have not. Okay, Josh also has a latex allergy so that made it like trickier for us so I forget Mm -hmm. what we use I feel like okay this is gonna sound gross am I making this up is it like lamb skin yes I was like Mm -hmm. something gross we were using at one point but also he was one of those like classic male the feeling isn't as good I can't feel all the sensations does Brandon have any complaint in that department if he does he's never said because we're on the same page that we're good with two kids pregnancy which we'll get into in our later episodes and I would love his input because pregnancy is very scary for him and so he's like I don't want any more kids I'm like I don't think I can handle another toddler so we're both like whatever it takes do you want sex if so you got to wear a condom that's where yeah. we're at yeah and so I mean most men if you if you get it down to that they'll pick well thing. and we that's so we had to use condoms because when I was pregnant with Zach and I don't know if you remember Zika if you weren't pregnant during Zika mm-hmm. you might not remember it but we were pregnant with Zach and Josh had gone to a Zika country yes and you either had to abstain from sex while you were pregnant or use condoms and so we ended up using condoms and Josh was like this is not fair <laughs> I shouldn't have to wear it was 
that's so scary to have sex with my pregnant wife, but it was like either that or nothing for the duration of the pregnancy because they were sure. And now I don't even, I should have looked up now. They don't even think there was like a correlation between sex and the mosquitoes and the mala, whatever the brain like shrinkage was, but I wasn't going to risk it and be the experimental case or contract anything while you're pregnant. Like God. Yeah. And he had gone to one of the big risk countries for work. And so it was like before Mm -hmm. we knew that that was a problem. And so we had used condoms for the duration of that pregnancy. And it was less than, I mean, I, like I said, yeah, doesn't change anything for me. Plus my kids think they're cool because they're like, Oh, you guys always have like balloon animals in your drawer. Cause we don't hide them. I don't know what my parents use. I know my dad got a vasectomy after my mom had her, um, Oh my gosh. What is it called? She had her breast removed, her mastectomy. Mastectomy. Because they told them that she, and she had to go through chemo and everything. And this is in the either late 80s or 90, like 1990. And so they told her, if you have more babies, they will most likely have mental issues because of chemo. And so my parents, my parents wanted five kids and they were like, you know what? We have a boy and a girl. They're happy. They're healthy. Let's not risk it. And my dad, he was so sweet. He was like, you know what? I'm going to go get a vasectomy. My mom didn't even ask him because you've had so many surgeries. You've been through so much. And he just went out and got one. I know. I know. I must be getting my period. This is going to make me cry. (laughs) Yes. Right. So I don't even know like what they used before because it wasn't talked about. So I didn't see condoms. I didn't know what they were. And my kids think they're balloon animals or balloons. Why why does daddy have balloons? I remember one time um, my friend, we were in fifth or sixth grade. So we were young. And her parents used condoms and we found them and we opened them because we wanted to know what they were. And we're like, ew, they're slimy and ew, they unroll. And yeah, like I'm sure we didn't know too much about it. All of it is so gross. And I never had any sort of sexual education classes. And so when I was getting them from the underground clinic, my like sweet high school teacher had to be like, okay, so make sure you pinch the tip before you unroll it down the penis. And I was like, this is the most insane thing. Like my super secret religious teacher from my school would for sure get fired if she was found out to be working here is supplying is showing me how to pinch the and she asked she was like who's your boyfriend and I told her and she was like oh he's so smart in blah 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 class and I was like oh this is mortifying like she knows who is is sleeping with who yep okay so the pill tell me about your pill experiences because I only vaguely remember intermittently taking the pill in college because it was free from the college clinic. And I don't know if I had health insurance then either. Yeah. So I took the pill two separate times. First one was in high school. I was told I had sensitive ovaries from cysts. Turns out I did not. It was, and it took me years to figure this out. It was like lower. It's like where your ovaries are. I do get cysts. It's basically like almost like bloat inflammation from anxiety. Um, so that's why they put me on it to hopefully help control the cysts because you can use it for that. And my anxiety was through the fucking roof on it. And they said, give it time, give it time. And then I was getting headaches and I'm in high school, like 10th grade. So not like a senior and I am fucking miserable. Stayed on it for over a year. And then I got off of it and wasn't on anything. And then in college, I went on a low dose pill and they were like, remember like, yes, low low dose. Yes. (laughs) And they're like, this shouldn't have the side effects. Um, it should help your anxiety. It did not. PSA. I was bad at taking it again. Tell me all the things that have helped your anxiety, Jenna. None of them were birth Um, control, were they? Weird. (laughs) Right? I could give you a five-part episode on what did not. Um, on things that but did I had, not help my anxiety. Right? I liked that one better. I didn't get the headaches, but I had spotting. And mm. so it was basically like a month of unpredicted bleeding. So you, I never felt comfortable because it's like, should I wear white shorts today? Oh no. What if it's the day I spot? And I never knew when it was going to be. So I had like spotting, breakthrough bleeding, whatever you want to call it. So I nixed that guy. See, and I don't have any, like, I don't remember being, but my mental health was so fully engulfing at the point I was taking birth control that I, I could have, it could have been birth. Like I was unmedicated using like anything I could chemically to like Mm -hmm. try to balance. So, I mean, like I, it could have been affecting me wildly and I wouldn't remember because I was just like, I'll take whatever I can get and that will fix my depression. I have no idea what's wrong with me. Um, but my question now is, so you and I also to wrap it up have, and I think we should do an episode on this also Mm -hmm. have very different periods. 
-hmm. Have you ever given any consideration to using a birth control method? So for listeners, I have Mm -hmm. very light, like teenage periods. And my co host Jenna has Mm. thank you, baby number two. They were like, I mean, we're talking about like shark attack. I mean, it's yeah. So have you given any consideration to using any sort of birth control method towards trying to alleviate that? When I saw my midwife after Peyton was born, my daughter just turned three this week. I had mentioned my periods changed and they were not that bad at this point. They were heavier and more frequent. And they said, we don't want to put you on any kind of hormone pill because of your history. So they Mm -hmm. mentioned the copper IUD, but I just told them I was not comfortable because of my history and how sensitive I am to fucking everything. Like, Is the copper (laughs) IUD supposed to not be hormonal? Yeah. And so it's like, something about the copper in it. And, but there are people that have side effects and I'm like, I would probably be one of those people. Um, (laughs) yeah. So I'm most likely going back to my midwife soon. Thank you, Janelle, um, for encouraging me to do that, to get it all figured out. So I'll update you. Um, I hope so. But yeah, it is a great method for irregular periods. I was really stressed out at one point and I can't remember, I think I used the Pill. Maybe that's why I got onto the low dose one to help regulate that. That would make sense. Yeah, they they weren't happening, and the branding. I'm be like getting angry all over again thinking of the branding of Yaz was like meant to mm -hmm. be so like cool and hip and like no hormones, fix your period, (laughs) like run down the beach, and it was like such a like cheap trick to like get us all. I'm very curious because I would say 80 percent of my girlfriends, if not more, anybody that's comfortable talking to me, and that's what a big part of this podcast is. We're calling it done playing by the rules because we're going to talk about shit no one wants to talk about. Yeah, the girlfriends that will talk about the real shit with me every one of them if not nine out of ten have reported their periods have become so heavy and erratic during covid really? and oh my gosh we're I calling them that. covid yeah. we're calling them covid periods in a couple yeah. of my group chats a couple of them have had to go home from like their jobs because they've oh, been yeah. bleeding so heavily and mine has doubled but even at a doubled rate yeah it is microscopic compared to yours and to other mm-hmm. women's and so i wanted I've never to had be, something like this yeah it's insane i like, fucking to be, heart palpitations like, yeah. And that's, me? she was getting like, she was having chest, she thought she was having a panic attack and actually went to the yes. doctor to get, and the doctor gave her Xanax because she, and her blood, like she was, her husband even was like, who she says notices nothing was like, you're white as a sheet. And she yes. was like, yeah. I'm literally like bleeding out. She was filling her diva cup and she has like the big size Mm -hmm. more than once an hour and leaking through it. And I was like, oh, I thought I had it bad because I have to like, I can wear my diva cup for the whole day still, but it's a little heavier and a little crampier. But or that's the thing, like I don't have cramps. So it's like, oh, what do you have to complain about? Oh, these fucking clots that fall out, literally. And I've never, and when you told me that, I was like, oh God, I've never. And I was like, okay, so mine's just a little heavier and a little longer. This COVID period phenomenon is something that I hope that our listeners can know you're not alone. Your friends just aren't talking about it. All your friends are having horrible periods. (laughs) Let's go to the goddamn doctor, which I say to Jenna once a week, every Monday, I send Jenna a text message and say, call your goddamn doctor because your period is coming and it's not going to be better this month no matter what you think it is slightly better every other month so that shows me it is something with one side my my witchcraft sending i know that's true and the moon is in retrograde and you know all the good all the good witchy things we believe in yes um i think we have one more to touch on i don't have a lot about it the morning after pill i know we briefly said um it used to be only pharmacy and that was like a whole doctor mm. to get it the first time yeah and you had to get your id which i'm like what are you gonna do call my mom like freaking out about it 100 sure they were gonna call my parents yeah. And 100%. I remember it being like 50 bucks expensive. Yeah. It, had, oh my God. You're reminding me of yeah. all these. Okay. Good for you being yep. in college. I was way younger, but we had to pool money together, me and some yes. of my friends so that I could pay for it. So that my, so my parents wouldn't know. There was also the idea that if you didn't get it, the closer you got it to 72 the, hours. but the, at that yeah. time they were like, the sooner you get it, the more reliable. Yes, it is. exactly. So yeah. we were like, get in the car. Yes. 
get yep. the money, dig through the glove compartment. And I, re- I forgot all this stuff until you said it. Your yeah. memory is so much better than mine. I had friends that had to use it in high school. I was lucky I didn't have to use it. I used it in college, but it was almost embarrassing. One time I made Brandon get it. I had to go with him because he had to help a woman. And they would ask you questions like, has it been 70? Has it been less than 72 hours? And did you have like, basically like an oops? Like, is there a reason for you to buy this? And, yeah. I was fine and now with they it. Like I just sell had, it like, in vending machines, don't they? Right? Yeah. Fucking and I've heard fair. it's quote affordable, but I don't know what that means. I don't I mean, know what that means either. I would say under 20 is affordable, but that's just subjective. So I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, honestly, but I do remember it being oh, 50 or over mm-hmm. when I got it. And it was going into a doctor's office and getting full on like slut shamed. Oh. Yes. Giving your driver's license, which I didn't have a driver's license. So giving probably my boyfriend's driver's license. That's how young I was. Yes. (laughs) I didn't. I, oh my God. So I probably had to like tell them like, I don't have a driver's license. Like that's probably why you had to go to a doctor's office. Cause I could go to a (sighs) pharmacy, but I could go to a pharmacy when I was older. Yeah. That's probably why. When I first went the first time you had to have an ID so yeah you were it's probably because you were young yeah yes oh my god but it was fine like I felt fine taking it I was a little paranoid after like did this work I had a little upset stomach when I took it I remember but like yes I I remember that everything but besides that like I think it's a great emergency use um it's not meant to be like an every time kind of thing but it is great because it's very anonymous now you just go and buy it with your saltine crackers like y'all kids are lucky right oh yeah that's not a form of birth control per se like i mean i think that even now and i we we should research this more it might be like they probably nailed that thing down so hard that it's probably totally safe to take once every six months i don't know like yeah they didn't know anything about it then so i think it was like this may be poison so don't like take it on the regular good luck like, getting pregnant ladies when you yeah good older. luck you've ruined your whole life like right? no a baby would ruin my whole life right now I'll tell you that oh so with this podcast I do want to say my goal is to talk to both of my children equally about birth control mm-hmm. abstinence included and let them know that if they choose that route great for them here is the downfalls here is the hard parts if you choose to have sex great for you but here's what you need to know it's going to be uncomfortable comfortable because we weren't raised that way. Hope is to have it open and then they continue that with their children. That's I like that you have like a call to action. Mine is I don't I haven't thought about it, but I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna learn to use the word penis and it's gonna be good. Do it. Yep. My kids have or my son who our sons are the same age has has asked how babies are made. And I've given him very like, it. I've given him very six year old answers and he's fine with it. But he knows about like anatomy and men and women. Last he doesn't know night, he, he can't marry his sister yet. We're not quite there uh, yet. He's but, very convinced he's marrying his sister. Yeah. So like that's something you'll have to talk about at some point too. Yeah. Or like my kids will say like, I'm going to marry, like Mikey has said, I'm going to marry Ezra. And that's Jenna's son. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's your choice. Yep. Ezra yeah, has to be okay with that. it too. <laughs> what I think is really cool though, I will say is that I don't think we know any gay couples, but we know a few lesbian couples and my kids do not think anything of it. Nothing. The only thing that they have asked is where are your kids? And sometimes they don't have kids. Then we just tell them that's their choice. Besides but they could that, ask like, that to a straight couple. Too. Exactly. Which and is so I different. I just think that's so cool. Like, they it's don't even think so about it. Rad. My kids don't think about it at all. We were watching. Yeah. What were we watching? We were watching some. Oh, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And they had, like, the gay men's chorus and, like, a lot of the big things. And I was like, isn't that rad? Aww. But, like, I remember growing up, I distinctly remember when Melissa Etheridge came out. And Ellen DeGeneres. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to be a little, a couple years older than you. Um, and I was thinking about this on, I was doing a workout the other day and um, Melissa Etheridge's son came out or came on. And I remember being with my dad when Melissa Etheridge came out and I picked up mm-hmm. a newspaper and read Melissa Etheridge comes out as I'm sure they called her a lesbian, not gay then. Yeah. And I said to my dad, well, I'm going to stop listening to her music. And my dad said, God, he said something that was so beautiful. I'm trying to think of the exact wording, but it was along the lines of like, that's a real dumb reason to deprive yourself of good music. And I was like, okay. So I was just about to be like, you're, because I didn't know I was like, I was probably seven or 10. And that's what you grew up hearing. Yeah. And I was like, what's a lesbian? And my dad was like, that just means she likes girls instead of boys. And I was like, 
oh, I'm going to stop listening to her music. And he was like, that's a super dumb reason to deprive yourself of good music. And I was like, he was like, you know what you should be thinking about is what a good guitar player she is and how you could be a good guitar player if you wanted to be. And I was like, oh my God. So that's all I ever knew. I never had any of the shame around it. Yes. And Josh still sometimes is like, when I'm like so fluid with the kids about stuff. But like, I just grew up with that was what I knew was like, that's so awesome. See, I did. I won't get into it all because we'll be here forever. But I had the opposite experience. It was like, Ellen DeGeneres came out and it was like, we're not going to watch her show anymore. And that was all I was told. And so I just want the opposite for my kids. And I think that's so like, we can do a whole podcast on like how you were introduced to different sexualities and the fluidity of things is such a thing for me that I'm so pro everyone just being with who they want to be because they want to be with that person and like I'm so gender race I mean, I wouldn't Dude, have my really oh. tan baby if it wasn't for mixed Them races. Some so. tan, that's, that's one tan <laughs> baby, you guys. She is. She's so, my daughter, 10 shades darker than me and my son. And it is the most beautiful skin I've ever seen. And I just. It's literal. In it. summer, it is honestly like the Coppertone Baby commercial. Yep from when we were kids. Zach the other day was like, can Ezra talk Spanish? And I was like, well, it speaks Spanish. And yes. And he was like, no way. He can talk Spanish. And I was like, yeah, you got to ask him to say some stuff. And he was like, I'm totally going to ask him next. Oh, that's so cute. I love it. So there is our birth control episode. There's our birth control episode. We have all of the mental health episodes coming. We Mm -hmm. have, we're going to talk about PTSD. We're going to yep. talk about um, family dynamics. We're going to talk about this one. Okay, Josh gave me an idea. Fidelity. Mm-hmm. I think a yep. fidelity episode is huge. Josh gave me a bunch of like cool new ones the other night when we were talking. Yes. And I was like, I need to do that episode. Oh, body dysmorphia. Raising vices, boys. Raising kids. Raising kids. Raising boys. Um, dating in the world that we dated in versus dating now. Oh, we'll have to get good. some like hip young kid to come on and tell us what it's all about um yeah but i will say we have something to bring to the table because we are match.com couple see didn't know that (laughs) didn't know that shit that you're not supposed to talk about now i know that but oh i have a whole story on that one yeah did you lie about okay tell me just did you lie to people about how you met Right I told my mom, he told his friend, I lied to my friends, he lied to his parents. Love. So, then we got engaged three months later and we're like, oh shit, we better tell people because it's going to come out at a wedding speech. And it Oh did. my God, you're so. totally right. Mm-hmm. Ah, I'm excited yeah. to hear about this because Josh and I met like the boring old school way, but I was totally like before I met Josh and when Josh and I were broken up at one point was oh. on like all the dating apps. But like, oh, I love it. They didn't have like Tinder and Match.com, I don't think. So I was doing like Plenty of Fish, which was like the poor, like the poor version. POF. Yep. POF, the sad man's version of Match.com for people that don't want to pay for it. And um, the Hookup Central. Yeah. And honestly, but I don't can you know imagine how fast quarantine would go if we were just sitting there? Swipe, swipe. Swipe. Oh my like, God. Wouldn't it be so fun? I just want to go on to see what it's like. Josh has right? friends that are on it that are single and like has said he's looked at it before. And I think my sister or someone in my family has used it, but I can't think of a more reliable way to meet someone than like an actual dating site, like match.com, right. because you fill out like an actual profile and talk about your actual self. Yeah. And then you have to pay yeah. for it. So, you know, you're serious. Yes. And Although I only did the trial because I'm cheap. <laughs> you're lucky you found such a good man in a trial. Yeah, I met some other weird ones too, but that's a good <laughs> okay, episode. Okay, so let's, oh my God, let's do an episode of the creepiest creeps we met online dating before we found love. Just the creepiest creeps we've dated. Worst oh dating God. stories. I have so many good ones and my yeah. worst ones were during the break where Josh and I were broken up for like two months. Oh, that's perfect. And so that makes it even more mortifying because it was like dating yeah. Josh madly in love. He bought an engagement ring. I broke up with him for two months and dated a bunch of guys that lived in their parents' basements and didn't have jobs and then got back together with Josh and he had to just like hear because I brought a couple yes. of them to like weddings and the family. Oh my gosh. Stuff. Oh my God. We're totally doing one of those yep. episodes. All right. Well, remember to call your therapist and take your meds. Thank <laughs> you.